Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Joy Circuit Podcast. I'm here today with Alex and with Stuart, and we're going to discuss MMOs, specifically the MMOs that we've played, which isn't necessarily extensive, but we've hit most of the big ones, and then have a bit of a discussion of the future of MMOs, both the decline that we've seen recently and how we think things are going to go um, going forward. But before we jump into that, uh, how are you guys doing? What have you guys been playing lately? Started Ghost of Tsushima, quite a nice game. Not playing out on fucking insane murder difficulty like uh jeremy but it's super fun <laughs> and uh still dabbling back in world of warcraft a little bit so yeah as always i'm juggling a ton of stuff i'm still playing hearthstone battlegrounds i'm diving back into overwatch a bit playing fire emblem on my 3ds and trying to beat ghost of tsushima sounds like a lot but in actuality i've probably played like five hours of games this week not a lot but just jumping around. It's funny because even when things happen to like free up chunks of your time, you had such a, I guess, lack of time before. You had negative time before, yeah. apparently. Yeah. Because even, yeah, you free up that time, you still have almost no time. That's crazy. Before when I had no time, Joe, it was just sleep time. Like literally it was at the point where it's like, do I get five hours of sleep or do I play two hours of video games to get three hours of sleep? Now yeah. it's just like... I need sleep because I'm going to die if I don't. And so games just kind of get thrown in here and there. Well, I guess even before you obviously didn't have time for the essentials. And those are the things that are taking up your time now. Exactly. Uh, all right. So what we'll do then is we'll just jump straight into the MMOs that we have played. Uh, there's definitely MMOs have a long history and they were popular before we got into them, I think. So there's probably some popular, especially older school MMOs that we might not actually get to cover. Um, try to mention them if, if I can. Uh, but we've probably played most of the MMOs that have happened sort of in the golden age of MMOs. Um, so we're kind of going to go through somewhat maybe chron chronologically if we can. I don't really remember exactly when all of these came out. Uh, and just kind of discuss MMOs one by one that we played and have a discussion. So I think to kick it off for us is probably the first MMO on this list that we all played. And that's probably a less mainstream MMO is Ragnarok Online. And Alex, maybe you played this one most extensively. So maybe you can kind of kick off with an explanation of what this game was uh, and we can go, go from there. All right. So if any of you don't know what our Ragnarok Online is, it's a Korean MMO. It's very grindy. It has like its anime style. Um, it has kind of your normal RPG class system with its own like custom builds, custom stats. So it's compared to to current MMOs, I guess there's a lot more customization in what in your builds and how you play. Um, there's a big focus at end game on PvP, specifically uh, guild v guild in the War of Imperium system. It was a very grindy game. It took a long time to level pre-renewal, which was an update that happened, um, God, in the early 2010s that kind of changed everything and made it more casual. But we all started playing this game. Well, actually, I guess we'll go into a little story time. This, this game probably has the most background and history in our group. We were in junior high and this guy we knew, he, his dad was really into MMOs and he brought this little disc with Ragnarok Online on the disc to our school kind of showed all of us told us about the he actually like printed out all these sheets about like all the skills and equipment and stuff is really nerdy it was really lame but 
Who is we this? All, was it Kenny? This is Kenny. This oh is my Kenny. God, Kenny's dad did that? <laughs> Kenny's dad. Kenny is the one who introduced us all to this game. Kenny's dad was trying to get a guild going and, and sent Kenny to school to recruit. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> um, this was during closed beta. So we all got this disc, installed it, and that was kind of the, the beginning, closed beta. We didn't play, none of us played that long, but I don't know if all you guys played. I know me and Jeremy What was the Nick, server called? Uh, I don't know. I think it was Chaos still. Yeah, I feel like I did play really, really early, but only for like two days. And this was in late 2003. Yeah. And so this ended. Um, we were all like, well, freaking 14. We didn't have jobs. So none of us had money to pay at that point. As many of you listening probably remember back in those days, you had to borrow your parents' credit card or steal it or whatever. Um, <laughs> was it, it was 15 bucks back then, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. It was 15. Yeah, quite expensive. So after, in 2004, I actually tricked my parents into letting me start this up and i started playing on chaos um early 2004 and i played this game from 2004 until i think the last time i was on the like actual iro was probably 2017 i think a couple years you know a couple years. so th- yeah 13 years I, I was i played on chaos every day for a good four years I wore Imperium. I think in three years in my guild, I missed like three War of Imperiums, and that was every Wednesday from nine to eleven, and every Saturday from eleven to one. It's a game you kind of it's click based. Um, your skills. It's not like WoW where you like kind of there's like a rotation with your skills. It's more so like a super cooldown based. Like I, I can't even describe it. It's not. It's not. It's a lot quicker. It's less cooldown based reliant than the other games. Um, other than like wizards, I guess, you use your you assign your skills to normally your F F one through ten or something, and it's ve- it's very different than current day MMOs. This is going on long, but this is probably one of the biggest ones we'll talk about. Yeah. Um, in this game, there's no auction house. You actually have real players in the city setting up shops that you have to go into and check, scroll through their items. It's very old school. This is kind of when we talk about MMOs of like the past. This was a different era. This was a, a very different MMO than you'll play today. It was great. Um, a lot of people had these experiences with Vanilla, Vanilla WoW. You know, uh, when MMOs were in a different time, a different place, they're really community based. They had large communities, um, it, both in the game and outside the game, in forums and, and, and other places. Um, you don't, you do get that, but you don't, it's not as close knit now. It's too mainstream. It was a different era, a different feeling. It was pretty hardcore. I would still recommend it to anybody, anybody who wants to play an MMO. The soundtrack is insane. Oh yeah. It has insane vibes. The class system is really cool. Uh, War of Imperium is amazing. There are a ton of private servers out there too, but IRO is not bad. It's just kind of pay to win now. But fantastic game. Honestly, I, I, it took up such a huge part of my life. Like, I gre- played this game every day. I would come home and grind my hunter on Turtle Island. Every day in high school. Like, I, it, this was my life. Fantastic game. What about you guys? Like, what, what do you guys remember from this? Yeah, for, for me, I think, I think I tried it when you guys first played it. I think that was... I could only play it at my dad's house because I think my dad had the computer. 
Um, so I played it very limited on its kind of on the initial run through. And uh, I remember what attracted me at first was back then, this was, I guess, was junior high. I was all about like, I want to go into business. I want to become a stockbroker, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I was attracted to the merchant class at first. That was why I wanted to play the game. I was like, I can make a shop and like sell shit and get rich. Like, I didn't even care about the rest of the game. I was like, that's really cool. And I, I don't know how extensive that was even a thing in other MMOs, but I don't think it really was too much of a thing to have that kind of shop-based. Every player could have a shop anywhere in like in the town uh, and just sell stuff and make money. Uh, so I think I started, when I first started, I started by making a merchant and I didn't get very far into it because I think, again, when the trial was done, I didn't stick with it. Uh, and then I got back into it again and made a thief. I think I got him to like 40 and then went away for a while. And then I came back. I don't remember when I came back. It was in university, second year university. So around 2009, I went back. Um, and I think I managed to play for at least a good six month chunk and, uh, was really into it. Like to the point that I was like, skipping classes and my grades dropped a little bit. Oh, no. Uh, I think I got two C's that semester. Literally my GPA was like perfect except for those two C's. And it was because of Ragnarok online. Was that Valkyrie? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Around that time. And, uh, but it was nice to play it then because at that point there was actually a lot of content and a lot more maps than the original release. Yeah. Um, so I just remember, Near the end of that, I think I was a Synex or yeah, yeah, I was a Synex. So I, I think that was transcending class, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was that, I think I got to around 85 maybe. And I remember at that point I was grinding like my end game gears. I was putting some money into the game because at that point you, well, you could buy Zenny illegally. And I, so I was buying some illegal Zenny. I'd never do that. Jesus. And I was using it to, I think get jurors or something like that. And I was upgrading them and selling jurors somehow. I can't even remember the business side going, but I was making lots of money and getting my gears together. And I had almost like the best end game set that you could get for, um, a Cinex. I think I needed like a Pino card and maybe one other thing. But I think for me, what really attracted me to the game was like, you could see the time and effort that you put into your character in terms of being better than someone who put less time and effort in because you could, it was not easy to get to max level. Like I was behind lots of people, but I was also ahead of a lot of people. So there was very much a disparity where you could actually feel like you had a strong character relative to other players. Uh, and it wasn't just like everyone does the same end game raids. And then soon after an expansion, everyone's got the best gear and you're all pretty much the same, uh, which is what I liked about Arrow. And it, I think you always had something to work towards because it was so hard. Even when you got max level, it was so hard to get the best gears that you always had something that you were working for. So it was like, it was always kind of rewarding. You always had something to work for. Yeah. To reference, this isn't like in WoW where there's like a guaranteed drop. You had to farm and, and cards, which were probably the biggest part of the, one of the bigger parts of the economy and required for most high-end gears. You had to farm those, which it had a 0.01% chance of dropping. Crazy fucking hard to get. Soup, yeah, you could farm for months to get a card. Um, yeah, it, even gear, even just good gear was really hard to to get. 
Yeah. And even then, like you were still, even once you got like your best, like best in slot, like everything, uh, like of the, of the normal equipment, you were still nothing compared to some of the top guilds who got the God items and equipped themselves with God items. So there was always something else you could work towards. And I don't know, I liked it having like a clear difference in power between different players. It felt like you always had something to work for. It sucks that you guys never got to experience uh, War of Imperium. It does. It does sound fun. It was. Yeah, I I did it a bit. Yeah, I and Nick did too. Like, cause we played on private servers with Nick. I played with him for years on private servers on the side. But like, I, you guys, if you go on YouTube, you can probably find some old videos of like back in the day of the Wave, Geffen, and Gold alliances. But we're talking about like hundreds of players in the same rooms. Like, it was insane. It it, it just sucks yeah. you guys weren't around. That was in the early days. But yeah, I think I saw you and Nick play do War of Imperium before. Probably. I think I watched it once or twice, yeah. And it was pretty cool. I remember when I had played it, I don't think there was quite the same level of population. No. So I And I played an assassin, so it was more like just trying to not die on the way to the Imperium and then smashing the, the Imperium as long as you could survive. But when I was there, I think it was possible to fun find completely undefended castles yeah. and just try to just sneak in and, and get, get like a quick Imperium. Joe, yeah. you probably did better than me in surviving. When I back in those days, I was just a hunter because this was before transcending classes. <laughs> so I'd just be a hunter with a shield on, just dying constantly, just yeah. getting destroyed. Yeah. I guess hunters were never very good for War of Imperium, eh? Just trapping. As soon as we get the castle, I'd run through and I'd trap the entire thing up, but especially near the end. And then I'd just detect. So mages were really really popular was or wizards storm really gusts, popular. Yeah. monks were the monks best got anyone who got through the initial precast exactly they would just chief fist anyone who survived and i guess what what was the main group that would try to actually attack would it be like knights and and paladins and stuff who could try and survive yeah you, they'd push through the front lines try and mess up the uh dancer and bard at the at the port war, the portal of the emperor to try because they have a mm. skill that prevents people from using skills and you play that right at the gate so then when people come in they can't spam anything they would try and rush through get to the whiz line take out the wizards and storm gusts using like unfrozen to get through the storm gusts and then you'd have the rest of them rushing in to try and wipe out everybody else at the front gate and it i mean i guess it was a fine line between like wiping the defense or getting wiped yourself probably yeah well all it takes is yeah. one dancer to get through and be able to cast dazzle or whatever the heck that thing was that stunned everybody on the screen and yeah. your entire guild could just rush through and wipe them out right sounds like a lot of fun sounds like really like hard wow raids except against each other you have to be perfect it's very dynamic for sure yeah all right so speaking of wow we'll move on i think wow was probably the beginning of the golden age and for a lot of people wow just was the golden age yeah. and there was no other games in the golden age of um of mmos you guys i think both have played wow a lot more than me but uh i guess again alex you were you probably played the most classic wow right so i bought the game during classic didn't play a lot of it just here and there would would resub normally around christmas time strangely it was just a christmas game for me during christmas break and stuff i'd, I'd go back um during near the end of the burning crusade i really got into it and i really started to grind up and then i hit cap and end game in wrath so wrath was kind of my big for a lot and i think that's true for a lot of people but that was kind of my big expansion when 
that was my version of World of Warcraft that I'm accustomed to. Um, so I played through that. I leveled a couple characters through Vanilla, TBC, and Wrath. At that point, hit the 80 level cap. I did the raids. Um, I didn't raid competitively, but I had a blast. It was absolutely fantastic. I only went back into WoW, really got into WoW because of Warcraft 3. I loved Warcraft 3, and I thought Arthas was amazing. So I think it was really um, his expansion that really got me invested. I felt like things started to change in Mist, and I like Mist. I thought Mist of Pandaria was a great expansion, but that was kind of the end of it for me. After that, it felt like a different game to me almost entirely. So I don't know if I'll be coming back for Shadowlands or whatever. I love the lore. I'll probably always keep up on the lore and follow what's named Noble or whatever, however yep. you say it. Um, I love the characters. I love the world. I, I want Warcraft 4. And I, I do really want to go back to WoW Classic um what's it called is that what it's called the yeah yeah and get my guy to level 60 because i just love that world and that leveling experience awesome game love it iconic it's fucking shitty fucking game fuck that game (laughs) um yeah honestly love wow i started playing in burning crusade never got past level 42 i don't think and then i stopped playing for a while and while alex was playing either the I think you were in Mists and we ended up talking about it a little bit and I ended up buying Mists yeah. and played there, got max level, did all the, the raids and stuff and actually got involved. And then I played World of the Draenor, Legion, and Battle for Other- Azeroth after that. Legion and Warlords were unfortunately like where I spent most of my time in terms of raiding and actually being in an active guild. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's luster is definitely worn off over the years. I really liked Legion, Class Fantasy, all that. But when you look back to some of just the the quality of the content, it's it's not there. I I'm personally looking forward to playing Shadowlands, but yeah, it definitely shaped how all MMOs have been designed after it came out. I made a character probably around the Burning Crusade or something and did the trial, never went past the trial. I think the first time I tried to pick it up, I think I made like a Dark Elf and never really made it out of, I think it's Darnassus mm-hmm. was the Dark Elf town. Yep, never really made it out of there. And then I probably picked it up. I don't even remember which expansions it was because I never really got far enough. I always made like a level one character and tried to play. So I didn't really know what expansion I was in because I never even got to that content. So I know the next time I picked it up, I think I got to like level 30, 35 or something like that. But for some reason, just never sucked me in. Probably another game came along that I played um, that took over at the time. And then I know when you guys all got uh, Warlords of Draenor, I jumped into it and I made like the, the, I guess, boosted character and played through Warlords of Draenor and went back and explored a lot of the worlds um, from there. And I have to say, like, at that point, I had, like, mixed feelings on the game because at that point, to me, coming in really fairly fresh and having played other MMOs, it looked so old and so dated. And I was like, why is anyone still playing this? Like, the combat system is just so outdated. Like, really? just the whole the whole top. Like, it was fair, like it's, a, it's a fairly top-down-ish type game. Like, the characters, you can't run around and jump with your character. It's not like action-adventure or anything like that, right? I don't think you can jump in WoW, can you? Yeah, yeah. spacebar. Well, fuck. 
yeah, so at that point, I had played like a lot of Star Wars The Old Republic. I played a lot of Final Fantasy XIV. Um, so I was just used to these obviously much higher fidelity MMO experiences, I guess. So to me, just going back, it looked super outdated. But at the same time, I was blown away with the size of the world and the amount of content in it. It was like, for someone jumping in at that point, extremely overwhelming because you had a lifetime. It felt like you had a lifetime of things that you could do if you wanted to do it in that in that world. Yeah, so I, I kind of missed the boat to really experience what WoW was for a lot of people. Um, On that note, I want to say, I, I like I sound kind of lackluster with my description of WoW. When I came from Ragnarok Online, which is like a, a 2D with like a kind of three semi 3D-ish character, and you just like click and walk around, it's like taught overhead view like isometric or whatever this when you walk it coming in this world and i like joe said i also started night elf um on teldrazzle and when you start there it like i feel like it took me multiple days to get through teldrazzle and then you finally get to darnassus and you see this big city and it had such a cool environment it was so mind-blowing to me the environment, the world that they created in full 3D, fully explorable. And then you get to the mainland and you realize there's an entire continent of this. It was back in the day. It was mind blowing. Like it just was insane. Like I to this day, like I, I, I think back to when I did the trials and when I would resub and like the the feeling of wonder and amazement you'd get there. Just like just knowing there was an entire world out there to explore. It was it was definitely something else yeah it was magical magical so yeah so world of warcraft obviously the big one in history and because of the success like the money that they were bringing in at their peak and even well after their peak was ridiculous like i think did they peak i know it was over like 8 million subs when they were at pretty sure it was 10 million probably 10 million it was definitely over eight i think it may have been 11 or 12 honestly yeah, so that's $15 per sub every month. That's over $100 million. That's a AAA game every month from Activision. Yep. And and with, I mean, once you've built the game, obviously there's ongoing development costs, but they're fairly minimal. It's not like making a AAA game every month. That's that plus sales from the initial like game sale. Yeah. Each expansion. Yes, it's exactly. Uh, it's so they were they were literally printing money, like the definition of cash cow printing money. Like, And I can see why... Everybody then looked at that and decided we need to make an MMO. This is easy money. We're idiots not to make an MMO and we're willing to pay huge development costs to do it. And that was kind of where we got the next batch of MMOs. Uh, Now, a lot of MMOs came out. I think the ones we mainly played were the high production value, um, I guess, AAA MMOs. So I think the next one, big one that was released that we played was Star Wars The Old Republic. Um. So this one, I guess I probably played this one the most extensively, I would imagine. Definitely. I played it at launch and I mean, Star Star Wars is funny. Anytime anything Star Wars comes out, I just jump full into Star Wars. I start reading the books. I go back, watch all the movies. So it was the same with this. This was a different type of MMO. Uh, I played this on launch day. I went through like there's obviously all of these MMOs had big server issues on launch day. But this one was cool because it was very narrative driven. So they took the IP, they added in like all the classes and each class had a story. Um, and then I think the class story lasted for, I know it was split up into acts, 
And then it had kind of an overarching story that kind of you played within. And I started as a Sith Inquisitor. And I just remember playing through the act one of the Sith Inquisitor. It was some of the best Star Wars writing that I had experienced. Like it was up there to me with, with KOTOR and with a lot of the best books that I'd read. Um, so to me, Star Wars The Old Republic still to this day is easily the best narrative, best story you can have in an MMO. And I still want to go back and play it. Um, I enjoyed the combat. Uh, the combat was hotkey-based as well, not really action adventure um, The game itself, I remember, was fully voice-acted which is insane considering how big the game is, how many NPCs are in the game. Uh, the Star Wars universe in this game, like all the different planets you could um, go to were extremely well realized. Like this was an extremely well done uh, MMO. I remember what lacked at the beginning though was, and, and what everyone I think was looking for in MMOs and was let down by every MMO I think that came out after WoW was on launch just the amount of end game content. And I remember this game got panned because people blew through it so quickly. And then we're like, okay, there's like a couple raids and now what do I do? Um, so I think that, to, that, that was kind of a lot of people fled from star Wars pretty quick after they beat it and went back to wow. Um, but luckily like for me, I took my time went through the story, was happy to just go back and try to play through every class story. Because to me, that I wanted more of that single-player Star Wars experience. So, me, so to me, the endgame stuff was never a big deal. And I think I played most of the classes and did stop before the um, expansion, before the first expansion came out. And I haven't really had a chance to go back yet, but I really want to go back and play through all the expansions. Uh, and I think there's still a couple classes I haven't completely beaten. So I want to go play, back and play all those. Uh, but yeah, super polished, high budget MMO. And I mean, a lot of people are quick to say, you know, WoW is the golden age of MMOs and say everything else was a clone. Star Wars was not a clone, you know. it was To me, it was not a clone. It was very different. Um, and the fact that it was very like, unique in its class-based stories and the, the star wars ip i don't know made it made it unique enough to me uh, so i think a lot of people probably underrate these mmos not just this one but like final fantasy 14 as well just because they think they're they're wow clones but they're definitely not to me i think the ones uh, that come with like such a strong ip aren't wow clones really um no. i think they're definitely mmos which wow is but if they are, if they do carry like such a strong story, I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider it, consider it a WoW clone. I think it's its own thing. No. Yeah, and people seem so, to yeah, respect well, the Star Wars games typically. I think now they've gotten a lot more respect, especially where they continued supporting the game. All of these games cost so much that when they weren't as big as WoW on release, I think there was panic. Uh, but I think they all found their place and managed to survive a long time and make their money over time. Because I think Star Wars, you know, it was a huge budget game, but I don't think it, I don't even think it reached a million subs. I think it was always well under a million subs. And wow, even at its driest times, you know, is well above that usually, or is at least around that. Um, 
So a lot of people were quick to say, oh, it flopped because it's not the new WoW. But you can make a lot of money at a game without being the new WoW, I think. So yeah, what what was your guys' experience with this game? Zero. No? You didn't play it? Didn't play it, nope. I was super into WoW at that point, and I was like, who the fuck needs Star Wars, man? I love Star Wars, don't get me wrong. But <laughs> um, Yeah, Alex, you played it, though. I did. I played um, <clears throat> around the same time you did. I played at launch, um, but I picked, of course, uh, Jedi, Jedi Guardian, <laughs> and I found it a slog. Um, I didn't find the story that great. Um, I like the world. I like the, the way they set it up. I think I just probably picked the wrong class story. Yeah. Um, but like uh, everything you're saying is right. Like, I think if I had a ton of time to go in, I would love to play through the class stories. I love leveling in MMOs. I think it's a really great experience just going through and it's just very relaxing to me. So I, yeah. I would have enjoyed just playing through all those class stories. And it is cool, like the Bioware dialogue options and the alignment system. And like, it's a good game. But I found, I don't know, I, I found it near the end because I got to level, like level cap at the beginning, I think was 50. And I think I got to like 46 or 47. Like I was right near the end. I was on one of the last, like the second last world. I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it. It just, every, uh, without cloak, I found, I got so frustrated going to quests, having to beat all these monsters who were like, it didn't feel like they were attuned properly to like where we would be gear wise and stuff. I don't know. I just got very frustrated with the game and I ended up dropping it. Um, okay. But again, I, everything you're saying, 100%. Great story. Cool world. Um, cool that it continues off the story from was it Knights of the Old Republic? Yeah. And yeah, in the initial release, they didn't tie it in too much. They alluded, I think, to to it. But then they have the the big expansion. They had the Revenites and stuff. So, yeah, that's that's Star Wars, the Old Republic. Uh, definitely one of my favorites. So, yeah, we'll just we'll go on to Guild Wars 2 next. Alex, you played. So, yeah, I played at launch and I got to, I think, like level 20 and I dropped it. Um. And then me and you went back, Joe. Yeah. And that's when I got a different character, a, a couple characters, I think, to like max level. And we played the hell out of it. And really, I think at that point, we got pretty much everything there was in the game. Like we got the most out of it. Yeah, I think I, I beat the main story of like the, the main game. Did you beat it? I don't, to, to be honest with you, Joe, I don't even remember the main story. All I remember about that game after a certain point was, I probably not, honestly, because I feel like I just leveled up in the little events and pop-up things. Remember that poison, that island with the poison toads and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, that little yeah. thing with that big spider and the things that spawn. I, I just did that, I think, on every character. Got my guys up and then did uh, World v. World for, for days. Yeah, World v. World was a lot of fun. I don't think you got into World v. World as much as I did, did you? Oh, yeah, man. I was on there pretty much every day. Well, I was on a different... Okay. I may have been on a different... No, we were on the same world. You got more yeah, into the I, organized side of it. Yeah. You were following people and going into, like, disc or whatever people were using at that point. Vents, I don't even know what they were using. But Yeah, I was I was in a guild, and I, I was... Yeah, going for the organized times and, and everything, yeah. See, I just ran on, joined World v. World, 
ran around, found the big group of my people and followed it. And I did that like every yeah. day for a couple months. I think I just was in there fighting random battles. So fun, man. It was so fun. It's that honestly, man, it's world of Imperium. War of Imperium was its own thing, but this was as close to that as I've ever found in like a PVP. Like wow has nothing like winter grass was cool and stuff. And some of the battlegrounds are awesome, but this was a, a PVP that like, I don't know, no other game recently has, has touched it for me. It was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Guild Wars 2 is really special to me, too. To me, it was probably the most fun, just pure fun I've had playing an MMO in, in, out of any of these. Uh, I think the things that drew me to it first. So first off, the story was never something that really drew me to this game. Um, I still don't even know what the hell the story was. But what was cool and different to me first, the combat was really fun and I found it was really fluid. And I just loved the way that they organized the op- like the open world where you could just jump in and you can like you're not penalized for kill stealing in this game. Like kill stealing is not a thing. Like you're supposed to be out there just killing stuff. And it's great if you can help each other, you know, like if you if you see someone struggling with a monster, even just a, like a mob, they get mobbed by a couple of things and they're having trouble. You just jump in, you kill them, you help them. And they're not like, oh, you stole my kills because it doesn't really hurt them, right? Because in that game, it, it wasn't penalized. And so to me, a lot of even just the standard leveling and grinding was made more fun by the fact that like, you just could end up in a group of people doing the same things and you're all helping each other just naturally without any real organization to it. And then the, the two big things that to me made this game amazing was the world boss hunts. They were epic. Like these bosses were massive and they were really cool. And everyone had timers. So everyone would congregate and just help take down these massive monsters. And that to me, like never, ever lost its appeal. Even after you've killed like the same monsters a few times, they were still always super fun. Uh, And then of course the world view world. Um, So the world view world was to anyone who hasn't played it, you had three main castles and three kind of, competing um i guess uh servers right it was server based it was server based yeah so you would fight for your server and uh you would basically try to take over different points of control and i think there was caravans and stuff like that and it would expand your sphere of influence to cover more of the map um And you would get points, like a point system. And I think it reset every week or something like that. And one server would win the world v. world based on that. But it it was just, you know, you could do what you did. And you could just jump in and find the mob and go around with the mob and and have these massive, like, 100 versus 100 battles um, if you wanted to. You could just kind of get a couple of friends and go off and do more, like, surgical strike type things if you wanted to. And you could capture smaller points um on the map or you could go in during quieter times and do quite a bit of damage as a small group um so it was a lot of fun that way but i think my favorite thing was i went in with like an organized group and sometimes we like we were one guild so we would get together say 30 people and there would maybe be the main less organized mob which was a mixture of, of a lot of kind of people just tagging along that would be bigger 
but us as an organized group, you could actually coordinate and we would take on main mobs that were two or three times our size. And just by timing and, and being in discord and calling out, okay, this class do this, this class do this, and, and eventually learning how it worked, you could wipe a mob three times your size. So you could go 30 versus 100 and win and just decimate them. And it was so much freaking fun because you felt like such a badass doing it. Um, the other thing, this never really worked for me as much because I wasn't really a skill player. But if you're a skill player, there's certain classes that you could play where you could just like stand at the edge of a mob or stand at the edge of the castle and just pick people off. And you'd feel like such a badass because, you know, usually the mob isn't going to notice and go after one person. And a lot of people are just running in the mob, not paying attention. So you can just have heyday, just going one versus a hundred, just picking people off and running away and stuff. So you could have a lot of fun doing uh, world v world in a lot of different ways. Um, so yeah, to me, the best um, non-story based, I guess, PVE is in that game, and the best PVP that I've played is in that game. Um, I also love the underwater aspect. Not all MMOs have this, but you could go underwater and do epic battles underwater too, which was really cool. So this is another MMO. I would love to go back to it. I mean, I would go back to Star Wars and play more. I would go back to Guild Wars and play more. Um, and I think they still stand up well even today, even though they're like eight, ten years old. The only issue with Guild Wars would just be the population. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it's at now because they did continue to pump out expansions yeah um so they did support it pretty well but i don't know where the population's at right now all right so that's guild wars 2 uh and then the next big one after that i guess was final fantasy 14 a realm reborn uh so Stuart, did you play this at launch I, uh, I played it in open beta yeah i played i don't know probably like eight or eight or nine hours just screwing around in the open world i think there was me jeremy Alex, Jeff, I'm not, did you play during beta, Joe? I'd played, yep. Yep. And um, that was fun. That was super fun. At launch, I didn't play. And then I think when Shadow Hunters, the Samurai expansion came out, Shadow. Shadow Bringers? Yeah, more recently. Um, I played it with a couple friends on PS4, but we didn't get very far. Um that's one of those ones that everyone says it gets good at late game and the combat is much better at late game, but like the global cooldowns um, brutalized it for me. Like the combat was just unbearable. Um, the story yeah. was there, which I liked. I enjoyed some of the story. Whereas with like, I think Guild Wars 2, with complete lack of story, came off way more as just like an MMO that they put out to make money on. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I was like, eh, this seems boring, but FF 14 is still one that I would like to go back to at some point and play through to the end game content. Yeah. Final Fantasy 14, I played the beta and then I, I played it at launch with Jordan and, uh, I actually, I was living in PEI at the time and I drove down with my PC to his house in the Valley and uh, we set up our computers side by side Land and just had like food ready to go. And we just were waiting. And, and as soon as the servers went, we just went and we were rushing. We were rushing to try to basically hit max level as fast as possible. So I think we may have slept 
two, three hours the first night. Damn. And we were up and right back at it. And uh, I remember we were both like at that point, you didn't really know how far you were relative to other people, except whether like you saw other people around. And for that first bit, we saw nobody. You were leaving. And then I remember I had trouble with something. Jordan got a little bit ahead of me. And then they had a lot of the content there is instanced. Um, oh, so you lost each other. Yeah. Well, so he went and he did his instance. And then by the time I got to it, the the server started crapping out and the server went down for several hours for me, but it didn't go down for him. So like I was just like booted off the server trying to log back in and here he is just making hay, just plowing through the content, nobody near him at all. And uh, I think everyone who kind of was at my point just behind him probably got locked out. I'd throw my fucking computer at the wall. That's what I would do there. Yeah. Well, the problem is these instances I think were... Um, shared between all the servers so if you got past it like our, the server itself was fine but it was just this instant that was fucked yep. oh yeah and so he was i think at that for the rest of the game he was like three four hours ahead of me and he ended up getting he ended up getting world first to max level and i just remember being said yeah sir server first, say, world first i feel like i would have heard about yeah. that sorry i'm, I'm thinking because in in guild wars 2 the servers are called worlds i think is what I'm thinking. So yeah, so he he hit server first. Um, probably was one of the one of the first ones in the world too, because he was pretty quick. Um, but there was certainly, I think there was a few servers where most of like the hardcore people are attracted to. Like with any MMO, most of the hardcore people pick a server and want to play together. Um, so probably most of the people on that server were were ahead like, of him. Yeah. But but yeah, so it was sad, but. I don't know. It was it was a lot of fun. The definitely the world quality. Um it's there. what was there of the world was amazing. Oh yeah. The story was was sick. But like you, the combat was so clunky to me. It was so slow and waiting for cooldowns was so freaking annoying. Yeah, when there to are me, the multiple seconds between a sword swing, that it w- that was too much for me. Yeah, I just hate waiting for cooldowns nonstop. Like your rotation didn't take any skill because you had so long to think about your yeah. rotation. Be like, okay, well, wait five seconds. This is obviously the next thing I'm going to use because it's the only freaking thing I can use that's going to be off cooldown. So yeah, to me, especially coming from WoW, I could see that. Like I, I got into WoW after this. And you're probably but like, oh if my you God, were I used to the speed, fast. yeah, if you were used to the to the speed of WoW, like it would it was an eternity. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I remember the problem with this game again, just like with Star Wars The Old Republic, is end game content. Everyone's so used to having so much to do in WoW that when you reach the end of Final Fantasy XIV, I don't think they had much for raids initially. Um, I don't even think they had the was it the Endless Tower or the Eternal Tower or something? Yeah, that wasn't. I don't there. even think that, that was newer. That wasn't there even, and that w- ended up being the end game. I think to that game for a long time. Um, but it wasn't there initially. So a lot of people, again, they beat it and then they probably just went back to WoW. Alex, what do you have to say about it? So same as you guys, I played during beta. I was really hyped for this game. Um, same as you actually, Joe, I don't know if you remember, I was playing with you and Jordan too. I wasn't there with you physically, but I was like right. talking to you guys while we were doing it. And I remember that spot exactly you were talking about with the incense. It was outside of like the sea town 
you had to like yep. go up and like click on something and it took you into an instance. No, like the little I don't even a, think it was a long instance. A black it was a short instance. Like now. a black uh field went around you and enemy spawned and you had to kill it. And yeah, yeah they wouldn't trigger. It just wouldn't work. Um yeah. yeah, I got to that point too. Jordan got through. You were at Jordan's. I was at home and I got blocked out and I was like, I'm going to bed. Um and yeah, then right. I woke up. And I think you had barely gotten it. You had only gotten a couple hours ahead because you had to, it took so long. And then, so like I was able to catch up to you and we actually hit max level within minutes of each other. You hit it first, but I hit it like 30 seconds or a minute later. Um, yeah. And then we, with Jordan, were doing like the artifact dungeon quests and raids and stuff to try and get our our class like special weapons and, and armor and stuff. Right. Right. Um, I think it was the yeah. weapon. You had to do certain things to get the special weapon. And that's when I kind of faded out. I just, I was playing white mage and I never really played a healer before. And I did not like the whole whack-a-mole gameplay style. <laughs> it was not for me. Um, that I love this game. I've gone back. I've played, I've leveled up. I have like a paladin. Now I have a dragoon. I have a bard. Like I've, I've, level my dude up in a bunch of other classes i love this game if at any point you guys want to go back and try playing this i am down i really regret not really getting into this game i think i'd really enjoy it probably my biggest regret out of mmos and the one mmo i actually really want to play more of yeah i can't even remember what class i played i feel like maybe it was dragoon no you played um uh, you played bard what yeah really? that doesn't sound like me at all yeah you played you played bard you played archer into bard Okay, I could see it. And then maybe you went back and switched to Dragoon or something. But yeah, that was what that's what you went with. Yeah, you know what? I think the thing that killed me with this game and why I stopped was because like obviously you run out of content, really like sort of run out of content in, in the initial thing. I'm love making alternate characters. Yeah. Absolutely love it. But that wasn't a thing that you did in a Realm Reborn. You just leveled a different class. And it was such a grind, like it was pretty grindy by like modern standards, obviously not by Ragnarok online standards. Very grindy. But like there was times when there were no quests and you did just have to grind mobs yep. for a while to catch up, which was okay in your first time. But then anytime you wanted to like level an alternate class, you didn't have quests. It's brutal. You literally just had to grind the entire way. Yeah. So that that loss because i think that's what that's when i got lost i think i went back and started trying to level other classes and i was just like no this is not fun at all well if you um, ever want to go back and play let's do it i am 100 percent down to play this game at some point i will go back i for me i tried going back on console and if you do not like the combat system on a pc Oh, it's I way think. worse on console. It's so much way fucking worse, worse on console. Oh, oh my god! Shit. Like, I really, I think you could adjust to it with time, but it's rough. And I think I, I don't know if I bought it or if there was like a free trial or something like that. I don't remember, but yeah, I did try and get back into it on console. It failed, uh, but I would try again. I would just because the story and now the fact that they have so much more content. I think it would be, actually be a lot of fun. And that's the problem with these MMOs. Like, it's great to play them at launch, but you're almost better off just waiting until they've got expansions and then just playing them then. And the expansions are apparently fantastic. Yeah, so so that's it kind of for the big mainstream MMOs that we've played. I kind of tried to make a list of the 
at, at least to mention them because there are some popular ones that we haven't played at all. Sure. But some people might be offended if we don't even mention Definitely. them. Definitely. Uh, would be EverQuest. Yep. Huge early MMO. Uh, there have been attempts, I think, to make another EverQuest MMO that kind of, I think, failed. I remember playing it a, a little bit. They released like a world builder for it. So I think this will tie in heavily to our discussion on the death of MMOs. But I feel like yeah. the the death of EverQuest Next was a big blow to yeah. the MMO genre. Yeah, I think so. And then another huge early one was RuneScape. Yeah. This was like the game you play in the library, <laughs> in the library class. A huge early one, which a lot of people credit as kind of being the precursor to big MMOs, was Dark Age of Camelot. Mm-hmm. I, From what I understand, WoW kind of takes a lot from Dark Age of Camelot and how it kind of structured its world and its, its communities. Right. And I think a lot of the early hardcore players of WoW were probably Dark Age of Camelot players. All right, so moving on now, we've... I mean, we've obviously done an overview of a lot of great MMOs, but in the last probably even eight years, maybe six to eight years, things have really gone off a cliff in terms of high quality MMOs coming out. So now we're going to kind of move into a discussion of the decline of MMOs. And Alex, maybe we'll start with you. Explain what you think is kind of behind this this decline in MMOs that we see right now. I think the decline of MMOs primarily comes down to the evolution of just games as a whole. Um, back in the day, MMOs were as popular as they were because it was one of the only game types that allowed you to interact with a large group of people, have this sense of community, and... That occurred because the game at the time and the resources allocated were just strictly for that purpose. This game was made to be played with other people. Games on consoles and other games on PC weren't, they didn't have those online capabilities or or a lot of them didn't, some did, but a lot of them didn't have these online capabilities. So there wasn't that innate community, just a given for, for every game. Now there is. The internet has become way more popular. Forms and different websites are way more, are way bigger. Um, and social media, obviously. I think that had a huge role, but I also think there were a couple failures that really shook the industry. I think, as we mentioned already, I think um, EverQuest Next was a big one. Fuck. That was looking, that was kind of going forward to like the next gen of MMO with like destructible environments and more customization. And I wouldn't even say that was the biggest one. I would say, I think what probably scared a lot of people was like Project Titan, um, which was the pre what Overwatch spun out of, which was originally supposed to be Blizzard's next, their WoW killer, essentially. This massive um, dynamic MMO where you had like a normal day job and then like a superhero role. And like, it, it was... Over with, but with Overwatch's combat system, I guess. And they spent, well, you a lot of people listening may have heard about it back, there were rumors for a long time about it. And it kind of came to a collapse and Blizzard was just like, it was too big. And I think the genre as a whole just got to a point where they realized there's only so much you can do with this format. And as we went through the discussion on the MMOs, you guys heard 
so much was an iteration of the same formula that was popularized by WoW. They just kind of took that and repeated and repeated and repeated and all these games like failed or just kind of did so-so. And I Blizzard, I think, kind of realized that that was kind of it as far at this point in time in this and what they were capable of. That was the MMO genre. So, yeah, I think it was a combination of those two. And uh, recently, obviously, games like Fortnite, just games that are so quick and easy to pop into um, that let you play with your friends and connect instantly with people. It just kind of defeats the whole purpose of of MMOs. I, I would agree with that. So for me, I think... Obviously, there was a lot of MMOs that came out trying to mimic World of Warcraft's success. And I think they had high expectations of getting a much more lucrative game out of it. So even games that were successful, I think were originally looked at as failures. When Star Wars The Old Republic came out, they were looked at as, oh no, like they're not getting millions of subs. This is a failure. In the end, you can make lots of money in kind of a monthly um, type of game like that without having millions of subs but just not to the scale that i think was expected at the time uh, especially since mmos are extremely expensive to make um i know like star wars they put a ton of money into that that mmo um and similarly final fantasy 14 realm reborn was obviously really expensive to make and so I think this huge commitment of resources when the payoff wasn't as gargantuan as was expected um, turned off a lot of people. And then I think um, games that came out that were supposed to be WoW killers. So obviously Final Fantasy XIV Realm Reborn found its place. Star Wars found its place. Um, Elder Scrolls Online eventually found its place and they kind of did well. But games like Rift and Terra and Wildstar, those types of games just ended up being a bit blah. And so I think those types of games also had an impact um, where they weren't successes. And it probably turned a lot of people off of, of um, the MMO market. Um, but I think my more kind of interesting take on this, when I think about it, is... At the time that Star Wars came out, Final Fantasy came out, um, Elder Scrolls came out, you had WoW. These were big MMOs, big companies. And I imagine that they exhausted a large portion of the talent pool for companies developing MMOs. So if you think about this, these few kind of high quality, steady, commercially successful MMOs became successful because they were successful in hiring or investing in training up these great development teams. Um, but then these this talent ended up getting concentrated into these games. And these games were relatively successful. So you have to think about if you're going to try to get your own talent pool, you either have to train them up from nothing as well, which is expensive, or try to attract them away from these big successful games where the job's already steady because they have a steady stream of income. Uh, and if you're basically starting a new MMO from scratch and you're trying to, to bring this talent away, um, it's going to be tricky because it's a high-risk project and they're already in kind of a cushy job. So I think that may have played a role as well. It's just limited talent in developing developing MMOs uh, all ended up concentrated in these few, in these, uh, few games. I think what also kind of supports that is we've seen a few MMOs 
recently, which we'll get into in a minute, um, try to kind of come up with new MMOs and they've all kind of gotten stuck. And it seems like the reasons they're getting stuck is that they're struggling with the challenges of building some of these um, big MMO games. Uh, and they probably don't have the resources to, to make them successful. And then again, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but you need the, the example that you need resources today to make an MMO and push it to market quickly is kind of shown by Amazon. Um, they came in and they are pushing out and they do have a product on the market uh, in the MMO space, which they've done fairly quickly relative to other games that have been trying to come out. Um, but they're also an incredibly rich company that can afford to to pump money into these things. So I think this, I mean, it's related to the cost aspect of things, but I think really this limited talent pool and an inability of new companies to break in to that space um, without massive resources to attract that talent is is probably a big reason that we don't see more MMOs coming out. Um, so that's my take. Yeah, I I mean, I agree with your guys' points. I think gamers in like modern society the last like five or six years are really into like quick um, gameplay. They don't necessarily want to build up and gear up like similar to Fortnite and like some of the battle royals that are around. I feel like those are growing while MMOs are certainly dying off. Yeah, the industry certainly got bloated. And as you guys were saying, like people start playing a couple of these sort of mediocre, shitty MMOs and they're just going to be like, well, I could like keep trying to find the next WoW killer or the next MMO or I could go to these like AAA games um, that are single player or like multiplayer and have a, a more solidified, solid experience. I think you hit it there, Stuart. I think what you're saying is uh, for me, I think the fact that we had a very kind of narrow focus on what MMOs are. But as you're kind of saying, it's also games like, well, Destiny and The Division and GTA Online. Those are like technically MMOs. Like I hadn't really thought about this before, but with MMOs, I played a few. But now when a new one comes out, I'm like, okay, I remember that time I played this game for six months straight, put so oh, much yeah, time and energy 100% into it. That's 100% my view on it now. Yeah, and I look at that and I'm like, and then... You know, what do I have today to show for that six months of my life? You know, I have a character sitting forgotten on a server somewhere that I literally care nothing about that I used to care a lot about and spend all that time on. So it's almost like a, you, I think, I guess I regret a little bit after I get out of an MMO, like, oh my God, I spent so much time on that. I could have been doing so many other things that now I'm afraid to go back into them. So... That might be part of the burnout too, yeah. All right, so that, yeah, so that's the kind of well-documented decline of MMOs. Now, we're going to kind of look to the future of MMOs. Um, it's not necessarily a super bright future right now, I don't think, um, but there are a few big ones coming out, so maybe we can just kind of discuss what the landscape looks like going forward. Yeah, so this is the thing. The future of MMOs is kind of being driven grassroots right now. So most of the games, other than kind of one big um, box MMO that's coming out from Amazon, are sort of at least partially Kickstarter funded. Two big, I think, Kickstarter ones that are coming out are Ashes of Creation and Crowfall. Mm -hmm. Now, there are others 
um, coming out. But these are probably the ones that look the most likely to actually end up seeing the light of day. Um, so Ashes of Creation is an MMO that began being developed in 2016. Uh, it was began when it when it first started development. It was mostly privately funded by the the developer. Um, I can't remember where he made his initial. Um, kind of fortune, but he sunk a lot of, I think like something like $30 million of his own private funds into development of this MMO. And then they opened up a Kickstarter, I think in 2017. Uh, a lot of people got super hyped for this game, but it wasn't until recently that they've showed anything solid. Um, so the game was behind schedule. A lot of people were really, really worried that the money that they'd spent on Kickstarter was going to just disappear uh, and the game was never going to be released. Um, and there was originally a lack of communication and, and just anything to show for, for development. Um, now this one has kind of taken a bit of a turnaround and there are solid actual gameplay videos that you can watch um, out now. And they have a clear solid release um, schedule where I think they're supposed to go into alpha um, later this year. So that one's making a bit of a turnaround. I think I sent you guys videos of Ashes of Creation. Did you guys watch that? Oh, I've watched like a lot of Ashes of Creation is super promising looking and it sounds very interesting. Yeah, yeah. It has some cool systems. So I think from what I can remember of the game, it, what's unique is the world starts kind of in a sort of like an infancy type state where there's, I think, no cities or anything like that. Yeah. And as you play, there's nodes, and depending on which classes complete uh, more quests in different areas, then that area will develop according to that class's like culture. So it could be like orcish or something like that. I don't know. I don't remember what exactly the races are, but it could be like an orcish culture or an elven culture. Um, I think it's pretty typical high fantasy stuff, if I remember. Um, but yeah, Alex, what have you? thought about what you've seen from this one so both of those i remember hearing about years ago now um crowfall if i remember correctly the comet never looked fantastic but i think it had a weird like almost dimension system where you have like a base dimension that's yours that like nobody can mess with but then there's like shared ones that will change and you can like go between them and stuff so i think it i i could be completely wrong and maybe i'm mixing this up with astro of creation but i thought it had a similar kind of system where these weird little worlds would like change depending on what you did. But okay. I don't know if I feel that game should have been released like two years ago. I think it's, I, I think it did come out in an alpha or beta release. And I think it is out now in some stage okay. uh, with, I think there's mixed reviews so far on it. The combat net looked very dry and stale to me. And that's an issue I'm noticing with a lot of MMOs. Um, Ashes of Creation is, as Stuart said, like it's definitely the top pick out of this new group of MMOs, simply for yeah. the, the reasons you guys stated. These mechanics and systems they have implemented are really cool. I think there's like um, a community, like political system, and like I think that's right. Maybe that was another yeah. MMO. But yeah. Yep. There would be like a mayor, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's really cool, along with having an influence and like being able to rally up people together to create your own town and area and essentially wage war, I think on other nodes slash castles. Oh, yeah. slash, like it, it sounds really awesome. Um, yeah. 
and I guess that's where MMOs have to go now is these weird dynamic systems. But yeah, so that's, that's kind of my take on those two. Yeah, and I think even Ash as a creation, the thing that's like all the systems look good, the the game itself looks decent. Um, it has a bit of a generic look to it, I find, but um, it, it looks good enough if all the systems are are as good as they look like. But I think the one thing that's still out on it and what they're still working on is that combat system. So whether they can actually make a fun um, a fun game to play within these systems is is what's going to be the real test. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, it does not look very fluid. I'll I'll say that much. Well, I think they admit that they're it's they're not really there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as um, they're like, I feel like being upfront and being like, "Yep, this is not where it's going to end." Trust us. Hopefully, communication is good, and a lot of these companies sort of go dark when they're like, "Oh shit, people are reacting badly to this." Yeah. Well, the reason people, I think, react so badly to Ashes of Creation stuff and even, well, not necessarily Crowfall, but why people were so worried with Ashes of Creation at different points in development was because of what happened with Star Citizen. Mm -hmm. So Star Citizen, I'm sure everyone probably knows Star Citizen at this point, but they've been in development since 2010. So it's been a little over 10 years now. And when they first went into development, they promised the world they it was going to be basically like a, I think like a similar situation to like No Man's Sky, um, but there was going to be tons of stuff in this game, and they thought that they were going to release it in 2014, and the can just kind of kept getting kicked down the road, and even today there's still no release schedule at all, and from what i've been able to find it looks like they've spent somewhere close to 300 million dollars developing this game at this point with no release schedule or anything to really show for it so i i can understand why people are concerned when when ashes of creation or any new mmo kind of comes out and tries to do a kickstarter now or gets any hiccup in development um and i think it also points to what i was saying earlier it seems to be really tough for these companies to actually get talent. So you like star citizen obviously has spent a lot of money on their game, but even that hasn't been enough to attract any kind of talent. Um, probably because throughout their development, they've always had to kind of find more money and more money. So I think it's always been a high risk proposition, whether it's actually going to keep going or or go under, or there's going to be a huge scandal around it. Um, so probably really hard to actually attract a lot of talent under that um, context. I mean, I still hope it comes out someday because I think the people who have invested in this game deserve a payday at some point. Oh, I feel like they'll uh, get one. It'll it'll just be a nightmare. Yeah, it'll probably... They, I mean, at some point, they're going to have to release something. Not even. even if it's just complete crap. But they'll have to... Because here's the thing. They release something. And then at least when the lawsuits start happening, they're like, hey... We did create something with your yeah. 300 million. It just really sucks. It's a mobile game. <laughs> but no, hopefully it'll end up good. I, th- I think there are still a few people hanging on hope with this game. Um, and they may know something that I don't because I, I haven't followed it that closely recently. I've just kind of gotten over this game ever even coming out. New World is an interesting... Have you guys watched gameplay? Uh, a little bit. I know it's in preview right now. Yeah. Does anybody know any, like, I remember hearing rumors about Amazon creating this studio and developing this MMO. 
but has there been any hype or reveal or anything like in terms of the systems is there anything unique about this like i don't know anything about this game and that's on me i guess but this game's always been a bit of an enigma to me because i always just kind of questioned first off why is amazon deciding to make an mmo like this late in the game um and like why do they think people would want to play their mmo like there didn't really seem to be a value proposition or any reason to get excited they never really, like you said, they never hyped this up. Like, no. I haven't really seen marketing for it. I feel like they were just like, we're going to make an MMO and it's going to be good because we're really, we're a big company. And then they were like, that's, yeah. That's all. You know what I think this is? This is a product of just the sheer size of Amazon. They need to be, have their hand At one point, part. well, I don't even think it's that. I think at one point, someone was like you know what it'd be cool to make an mmo and hire a team blah 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 and it would be a great training exercise for our network engineers to to mess around with and it's only going to cost 150 million dollars which is like one one hundredth of um not even one one hundredth less than one one hundredth of the r d budget of amazon for the year like it's it's a it's pennies and someone asked Jeff Bezos and he was just like doing something else. He's like, yeah, yeah, do whatever you want. That's <laughs> what I get to feel for this game. You know, I it, it's such a small item to Amazon that like nobody really put a lot of thought into whether they should do it or not. They're just like, yeah, sure. At the worst, it's a training exercise. We get some experience for our um, engineers, especially where Amazon specializes in server, um, like their server businesses. Ma- like is massively valuable to them so anything that could even be somewhat of an interesting training exercise and get them some interesting expertise i think probably justifies it even if the game just never sold um so yeah a game i think that's just the, the product of their scale uh, i hope it does well because i do want to see the mmo world kind of kick off again a little bit but i new world's not the game that's going to do it I don't think so. Um, I think Ashes yeah. has a better chance. We've kind of covered these New World, Ashes of Creation, Crow, Fall, Star, Citizen. There, there are others. I think there's like Pantheon was one that people got excited about that I think has had development troubles as well. But it's a pretty sad story. Uh, hopefully Ashes of Creation will kind of be the bright spot here. But it kind of shows that MMOs are in a bit of a tight space right now. Um, and it's kind of hard to tell if they'll ever really turn around and come back from this um kind of going forward what do you guys see do you think do you think mmos will will ever kind of come back into vogue probably not i think they'll have a niche i think it'd be super weird if teenagers were running home to play the next fucking mmo like three or four years from now i think it will but not anytime soon. I think as Stuart said, it's going to be a niche for a long time. I think games like WoW and FF14 are going to keep it going for a while. But I feel like, as I was saying, like these games need something to differentiate them and, and draw new people in and hit this new generation. And I feel like the resources that you were kind of saying, Joe, with the talent pool and stuff, the resources that these companies require to do that are so massive. And then... The big failures like, well, like Project Titan, I think have scared off a lot of the big developers and studios from doing this 
I feel like it's going to come at a time where no one's expecting it. It's going to come in yeah. 10 years time and it'll be like Blizzard or somebody else or former Blizzard employees who are now working with, I don't know, somebody else, Sony or something to come and create this big new MMO. I, I think it's going to happen. I, I just don't think it's anytime soon. I, I actually agree with you, Alex. I think it will come back someday, but it's going to be a product of the technology advancing so far that the next big MMO is going to be nothing at all like yeah. what is currently coming out for MMOs or what has come out in the past. It's going to be a completely different experience. Um, maybe some VR in there or something, if it ever, you know, if they get to a point where they can make it cool. Sort of. All right, well, that's our take then on the MMOs that we've played, that we've enjoyed through our life so far. Uh, anyways, thank all of you guys for listening. If you like this video, uh, leave a comment uh, or a like. If you're listening on Twitter, make sure you follow us. Or listening on Spotify, <laughs> make sure that you you follow us. Um, follow us on Instagram at, what's the handle, Stuart? Joy Circuit Podcast. There we go, Joy Circuit Podcast on Instagram. All right, thanks, guys.